by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. If you would, Lisa, put up there 1 Timothy the sixth chapter and the fifth verse. First Timothy six and verse five. And then we'll pray. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't take this lightly, Lord, to be up here tonight. I thank you, Holy Spirit. For your help tonight, I need your help. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me because the people that come here tonight, if they have ears to hear what you want to say to them, you'll speak between the lines and you'll talk to this church tonight. So I just thank you. I yield myself to you and I, I'll slow myself down to hear what you have to say, to speak it out. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In First Timothy, the sixth chapter, in the fifth verse, it says, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. Verse 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain. You need to learn that in your Christian life. Because it didn't say that godliness with contentment was a little gain, and it didn't say it was just gain. It used a word in there that said, but godliness with contentment is great gain. And it said, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we're not going to carry anything out with you. And it says, having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptations and a snare into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drown men in destruction and perdition, which perdition is ruin and waste. It says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted it after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, Faith, love, patience, and meekness. So in other words, he's given us instructions. Don't follow after money, but follow after righteousness and godliness and faith, love. And you're going to be seeing that word patience a lot tonight and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and professed a good profession, profession before many witnesses. So as Pastor Guy was leaving off last Wednesday, he ministered, he was talking about trust. So we're going to be talking about trust, faith, trust, patience, godliness, 
with contentment is great gain because you learn how to trust God no matter what you're going through. Let's um, look at Luke, the ninth chapter and the first verse. Luke 9 and verse 1. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither stoves, nor scrip, neither bread, neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house you enter into, abide and don't depart. And whosoever will not receive you when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. So he told them, he sent them out, and when he did, he said, don't take anything with you. Because he wants them to trust. So look at, um, put up there while we're in Luke, go to 22 and 35. 22 and 35 in Luke. In 22 and 35, he said unto them, When I sent you out without purse and scrip and shoes, lacked you anything? And their answer was, they said, nothing. You know, I, I've sit in places and, and went through some things, and I'd be sitting there and, and thinking, and I would hear the small, still voice of the Lord because he knew what I was thinking. And then I'd hear a small, still voice, and he says, uh, have you lacked anything? And I'd just sit there. I don't say anything, but in my spirit, I say no. Luke 5 and verse 11. Luke 5 and verse 11. It says, and when they had brought their ships to land, notice, they forsook all and followed him. So when they brought their ships to land, he said, come on and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. And it says, they just obeyed his voice. They forsook everything. We can read other, other scriptures about this, but it says they left their ships. They left their businesses. They left their father. And they followed him on his word. It says, come on, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, let's go to Hebrews. Before we go to the 11th chapter, let's go to Hebrews, the 10th chapter, in verse 38. In Hebrews 10 and 38, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. Well, who's the just? Every child of God that there is, everybody that's ever been born again, everybody that's ever been born of the Spirit. It says, And now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
And we're fixing to read on in just a little bit and find out about faith. But in verse 39, it says, We're not of them who draw back unto perdition, there's that word again, of paniscus ways of waste and ruin, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now just go over into the next chapter, chapter 11. And before we go to verse 6, put verse 5 up, up there of Hebrews 11 and verse 5. It says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Before his translation, in other words, he just disappeared, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So, you know, me reading this, I would go through the scriptures and I'm going to say, I know God's no respecter of persons. Now, if he did this, I'm going to go study it and I'm going to find out how he did it so I can leave too. See, just where's Tom? He's gone. We don't know. He just disappeared. But, you know, I come to find out when I got to reading and studying, I couldn't really find anything. I was trying to find a, you know, he did this and he did that. But here's the testimony that he, it says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's just impossible. He wants his children to trust him and to live by faith, to know that he loves you and it's impossible for him to lie and he wants to trust you in every situation in life. So it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. In other words, not only that he exists, but he is everything that he says he is in his word. Because him and his word cannot be separated. He exalts his word above his name. So you go to the word to find out who he is. And it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can just write it off. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So we know that Enoch, he was translated, he disappeared because he pleased God, because he walked by faith. And then when we go to verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Nobody knew what a boat was. Nobody knew what rain was. These things had not been seen. So he's just going to hear a voice from God. He's going to trust God step by step, and he's going to go do what God asked him to do. So it says, By faith, Noah being warned to God of things not yet seen, moved with fear. He heard his voice, so he moved with fear. Preparing an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. In verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed and went out, not knowing where he was going. In other words, every one of these people that you read about in the Heroes uh, Hall of Faith in this 11th chapter, every one of them heard from God and obeyed his voice and did what God asked him to do. So he didn't know where he was going, didn't know what he was doing. He just said, yes, sir, we're going to cover some of this. I'll just, um, I'll just take a little side journey uh, right now. About 10 years ago, I lived in Coldwater, Mississippi, and I had 32 acres of land. And I um, had my own business, and I would go out and buy fleets of vehicles from, from companies, and I would travel around and get these vehicles and, and bring them back to my place. And I had a, a body man that worked for me and um, mechanics and and I, I guess I had probably about 100 vehicles on my land. 
And I had a um, two big forklifts. I had a gr- I had a great big one and then, and then a smaller one. I had uh, everything that I needed to conduct um, uh, my business right there on my, on my property. I didn't have to go anywhere. And uh, had about five vehicles sitting in the driveway that I could drive at any time, a couple trucks and uh, three cars. I had a Jeep that my son would come out there on my property and drive it and stick it out there at the lake in the back, and i go pull it out with my tractor. And so, you know, I was, I was used to making money and, 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 you know, having, you know, whatever, you know. I mean, I, I wasn't chasing after this stuff. I was faithful to God, serving God, praying, studying, running my race, doing what I was called to do, you know. And I would usually have about, when I was running low, I'd usually have about 6000 in my pocket cash and sometimes up to 20000 cash in my pocket because if I went somewhere and I was going to buy some vehicles, even though I had a credit limit, I would just go ahead and pay cash for them. And so here I was minding my own business. I just got done spending time with the Lord, which I always did. Uh, I won't even go into how long. Uh, and I walked out of my door. I was on my property line, and as soon as I stepped on my business property line, a voice. Wasn't expecting no voice. Wasn't asking for no voice. Wasn't looking for no voice. A voice. But I've heard the voice enough that I know to recognize the voice. And the voice said to me, says, I want you to get rid of everything that you have. I want you to draw in sight and pray and study. And I'll tell you what he told me, and there's no pride in it because he's called many people to the front line. I said, why? And I'm not a why person, you know. I don't analyze it when God speaks to me. He tells me to go somewhere. I just do it. But he's telling me to get rid of everything. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, why? He said, well, I need you to draw aside and pray and study. And he said, I need you on the front line, which he's called many, many people to the front line. Okay? And what does that mean? I don't know. Don't matter. You know, because I just obey his voice and do what he asked me to do. So I said, okay, Lord. Okay. You show me how. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll just, I'll just do it. Now, it took quite a while. It took me about three years uh, to get rid of everything and, and uh, get in position. But I want to I stop. I want to pause here for just a little bit. All these people that we're going to read about in the book of Hebrews, they obeyed God's voice. Now, of course, we have his voice right here in his word, and then we also have his voice that he speaks to us that's always going to agree with the word of God. When I'm telling you what he told me, he told many people to do it. He said, come on, leave everything, and come on and follow me. And so they left everything, and they followed him on his word, follow me. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. You know, he asked the rich young ruler. He says, sell everything that you got. Give it to the poor, and come on, take up your cross, and follow me. But the rich young ruler, he had a different answer. It would be like the answer that Jojo might say, I don't think so. Because, see, he was more in love with his possessions and his things than he was in obeying the voice of God. So he missed it. But 
I want to talk here for just a minute. There's people, and I'm not talking about anybody in here or anybody in particular, but there's people that's real, real, let me see if I can say this right, real heady, okay? Um, they have to analyze everything. They have to think it out over and over and over and analyze it to the 10th power when God tells them to do something. And what they're going to do is they're going to think their way right out of what God told them to do. They're going to rationalize and say, this don't make no sense. When God tells you to do something, it may not make any sense. It didn't make any sense for me whatsoever in the world. I'm going to leave everything I got. I have no idea what I'm going to do, and I have no idea where I'm going to go. But we're going to cover some of that. So I obeyed God, and I started doing. He's directing me how to do this, how to get rid of everything. And I mean, I'm, I'm basically giving everything away. I'm not talking about making profits like I'm used to. I'm talking about basically giving everything away. Let's, let's just look at another scripture, and then we'll go on. Let's go to Philippians 4 and verse 11. Philippians 4 and verse 11. It says this. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned whatsoever state therewith to be content. Now when we was reading earlier, we are reading godliness with contentment is great gain. And now the Apostle Paul, he said, Now that I speak in respect of want, I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. Can you be content? God says you can. His word says you can. I know both how to be abased. And that word abased, if you'll look it up in the Greek, you'll learn what he's saying. I learned how to humble myself. So I both know how to humble myself and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So he's done learned in all situations, no matter what he's going through in life. We're listening to the song about the storm, you know, in the eye of the storm. Can you trust God no matter where you are in life? What if he tells you you got two months to live? Can you trust God's word where it says by his stripes you're healed? See, learning to trust him and be content no matter where you're at in life is great gain. So he says, I, I know how to abase myself. I know how to humble myself. And he says, I know how to abound. Well, I know how to humble myself, and I know how to abound. He says, in everywhere, in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. To trust God, no matter where you find yourself in life. The kingdom of God is not what you eat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy and the Holy Ghost. Now I'm sitting out in my front yard, and I'm having a yard sale. And I got my Bible out there, and I'm studying, and I'm praying. I'm out there all day long, and I have a yard sale. And so I make $1. So you know what I said? I was sitting there. And I made that $1, and I'm used to making 
A lot of money. You know what I said? I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the dollar. What if I didn't get a dollar? I'd still thank him. Godliness with contentment is great gain. I didn't bring anything into this world, and when I leave, I ain't taking anything with me. No material possessions. Oh, but I'm going to take my rewards. See? Rewards. Souls, crowns, rewards for running my race. Go to 3 John in verse 2. 3 John in verse 2. I hope that I'm encouraging you tonight to obey the voice of God. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is nothing like obeying God. John 3 and verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as the soul prospers. Now let me break this down for you in each Greek word. When he says, Beloved, I wish, the words pray. I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper. The word prosper is to help on the road, succeed in reaching, to succeed in business affairs, in other words, have a prosperous journey. The word health, to have sound health, be well in body, to be uncorrupt, true in doctrine, be in health, be safe and sound, be whole, be healthy, well in body. Heart, soul, heart, life, and mind. I wish above all things that you'll prosper and be in health. We know how important health is. When you're in pain, your health ain't right, it ain't right. It ain't right. But that's not the will of God. He says, he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of his peace was upon you, and with his stripes you were healed. That's past tense. That's past tense. So you get the Word of God down into your heart, you meditate upon it, and you use the Word as a sword. Go to James, if you would, Lisa, and put up to the first chapter of James, the second verse. James 1 and verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall in the diver's temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I used to ask the Lord, where, where do you want me to go study? Go to James. Go to James. Go to James. And I'd read James over and over and over and meditate on it. Go to James. I thought, man, I think the devil's talking to me. 
you know. Don't try to get a bunch of knowledge. Get what the Holy Spirit wants you to get and stay there as long as you need to stay there and get it down in your heart because he knows what you need. Patience, cheerful, hopeful, endurance, consistency, patient, continuous, and waiting. Since we're talking about trust or faith, we're also going to talk about patience, the two power twins. Faith and patience. You know, it, it takes patience to run your race. Don't try to outrun God. He knows what he's doing. You know, he spoke to me 10 years ago. He ain't told me what my next step is yet. But you know something? What difference does it make? It don't make any difference. I can't do anything without him. So I just continue on doing what I know to do and be faithful in everything he's ever told me to do. Next step comes. He'll speak. God will let you know. He's God. He knows. Luke 8 and verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which are honest in a good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit, with patience, with patience. You're in a race, it's going to take patience. That's you waiting upon the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall find new strength. New strength for every day. Hey, how about for every moment of every day? Go to Luke 21, verse 19. It says, in your patience, possess ye your souls. Go to Romans 5 and verse 3. Romans 5 and verse 3. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that Tribulation worketh patience. What does it say? I believe over in Peter it says, don't be concerned about the fiery trial that's to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. <laughs> don't be concerned about it. Verse 4. In patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. While we're in Romans, go to the 8th chapter, 24th verse. Eight and twenty-four. For we're saved by hope, but hope is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Don't you just love to hear that word? Patience. 
You ain't going to get it right away. You ain't going to get it right now. But God, I want it now. Uh Uh-uh. No, you're going to have to go through the process. See, God knows just how to mature you. And everybody's at a different place in life, but thank God His grace is sufficient for everybody exactly where they're at. Romans 15 and verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now, the God of patience, so we can see God is patient. You know, I remember when Gary Batt was ministering here, and he said God told him that he was going to something to do with TV in Mexico. And it was 20 years later before it happened. And he asked God, he said, God, he says, uh, am I that dumb? And God said, no, I'm that patient. See, now you can delay things. We can delay things, you know, but he's still working in us. Now, the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 4. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 4. But in all things, approving ourselves as the minister of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses. Don't you like hearing all those words? In stripes, in imprisonments, in turmoils, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unframed. For the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report, good report, as deceivers, yet true, true, as unknown, yet well known, as dying, and behold, we live as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing all things. The Apostle Paul recorded this, which he did half of the New Testament. Colossians 1 and 11. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. Unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Second Thessalonians one and four. Second Thessalonians one and verse four. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Since I missed one scripture, I'm just going to back up to 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. 
1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 3. Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 10. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose. You've got to have a purpose. You know what your purpose is? You're raised. Faith, long-suffering. Don't you like that word, long-suffering? Love, charity, which is love, and patience. Patience. Learn to be more patient and content. Well, we're building up to something. Let's go to Hebrews, the 12th chapter, in the first verse. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, first verse. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before you. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So we're in a race, and he tells us, he says, let us lay aside the weights and the sin that so easily besets us, and let us run this race with patience, the race that was set before us. Every child of God in the world, everybody that's ever been born again has got a race to run. God's called you to some place. You've got a race. He put talents and abilities and gifts on the inside of you, to run that race, and until you hook up with that race and that grace meets you in that race, you're never going to be complete. You're just not going to be. You're not going to be content. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be joyful until you're running that race. And that grace and that race meet together, and you're doing the perfect will of God. Go to James, the fifth chapter, seventh verse. James 5 and verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandmen waited for the precious fruit of the earth and had long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. 
2 Peter 1 and verse 4. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4. What's up, Cody Joe? Second Peter 1 and verse 4. I know teenagers, they got a lot of patience, don't you? Yes, 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 yes. 1 in verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. And if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things, these things. We'll go back and read them again. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Verse 10. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. In other words, if you do these things, you'll never fall away. Let's look at 1 Timothy 1 and 19. 1 Timothy 1 and 19. We started off talking about godliness with contentment is great gain. And then we started talking about over in Hebrews about, about faith, trust. In 1 Timothy 1 and 19, it says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. In other words, they've left the walk of faith. And shipwreck means they're stranded. Because it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when we looked in Hebrews 10 and 38, it says, The just shall live by faith. If any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But it says, holding faith in a good conscience, which some haven't put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. In other words, they're stranded. But I got good news. You can always come back and get back in the ship and start walking by faith. You know... Lester Summerall, when he was about 73, 
God asked him to start a ministry called Feed the Children Ministry. He'd been preaching for about, probably about 55 years, just a short time. And Lester asked God, why didn't you tell me to do this when I was younger? God's response to Lester, I can just now trust you. So he'd been preaching for 55 years, and God told him, I can just now trust you. And, you know, Brother Hagen, Kenneth Hagen, that's passed away probably about 13 years ago. Brother Hagen had been preaching for about 40, 40 years. He was 56 when God asked him to start Rainbow Bible College. So see, God's patient. That means you have to be patient. When we was reading in Hebrews, the first chapter, I mean Hebrews 12 and 1, when we was reading there, and we was talking about running our race with faith and patience, what if these men, like Lester Summerall or Brother Hagen, had quit their race? They would have never reached their purpose. And see, you have a race that you need to reach. And it's your purpose for being here. You know, as I look back 10 years ago, and if God asked me to do the same thing, I would do the same thing. Because I obeyed his voice without trying to figure out what am I going to do. And he wants you to obey his voice when he tells you to do something, he's quite capable of speaking to you and letting you know what he wants. But let me just let you know something. If you continue to try to figure everything out and analyze everything without obeying his voice, it will get harder for you to be able to hear him when he speaks to you. But, if you will respond in childlike faith when he asks you to do something, he's not going to ask you to do anything that you can't do. He would be unjust. He's going to ask you to do what you can do empowered by his grace because he put it on the inside of you. It's good to obey God. God in this with contentment is much gain. It's great gain. I didn't bring anything into this world, and it's certain. When I leave, I'm not going to take anything with me. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, we'll go ahead and turn there. For we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You see, when we read the book of Hebrews, these men, they weren't looking at the things that were seen. They were looking at the things which are not seen. It says Noah... He heard from God and he feared. 
And he obeyed the voice of God and did what God asked him to do. Not have any clue what he was going to be. It was, he was receiving instruction as he was going. Matter of fact, it took him 100 years to build that ark. And you're talking about trusting God. Now, come on. He's the only one that knows what's going on because God spoke to him. And these people are persecuting him, ridiculing him. They're cussing him. They're calling him everything in the world. A hundred years. But he obeyed the voice of God because he knew he had heard from God. You know, those people were laughing at him, mocking him, talking about him. Well, he's lost his mind. God's not going to ask you to do anything like that. I've heard, I've heard people say about me. So there, there's no way God would have asked him to do that. Now, if God asked me to do something, I can show you in the Bible where other people done it. But people will say, no, God won't ask you to do that. Well, he told his disciples, he said, look. He said, just go ahead and leave everything and follow me. And they did. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.